Tremendous. Nick Taylor. Hey, Case. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Really looking forward to having a conversation with you, hearing about everything that you're up to. I know that you've been on an adventure for, for a while now. Really, a lot of your life, you're, you're an adventurous guy. You're living with, with courage and confidence, and, and I know that it hasn't always been that way for you, and I'm excited to hear about your journey and, and what you're up to these days and, and how you got here. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's definitely been a, been a journey, that's for sure, um, especially here in these past uh, four months, you know, actually almost to the day, four months ago, I quit my corporate job and decided to go all in on myself and my business and travel the world. I'm down here in Argentina right now. And so, uh, it's definitely been a wild ride these last four years, but also a, a long time coming up until this point. Amazing. So you're currently in Argentina, you mentioned before we started recording that you're in Mendoza and you're surrounded by beautiful nature and some amazing hikes. What led you to this part of the world? Yeah, so I first did international travel back in 2017. Uh, that one looked a little different from what I'm doing now. You know, in 2017, I did a trip around Europe with a buddy and that was basically just one big party the whole time. Uh, at that point in my life, that's really what I cared about uh, just as much partying and drinking and all that good stuff um, and so we did a lot of that and during that I, I really caught the travel bug um, just in the sense of seeing other cultures, seeing other cities, seeing the way other people lived and really ever since that moment I was wanting and hoping to do extended travel but with my uh, corporate job you know I just had two weeks of vacation so I could never really make it happen and then in 2019 I was very close to quitting my job at that point and doing a year over in Australia was what looking into like the year-long visas you can get over there but at that point just really wasn't confident in myself to pull the trigger at that point um, and so never did and maybe you know thankfully so with kind of how they went during 2020 and COVID with all their craziness so maybe it was a good thing I didn't go over there at that point um, but yeah, so, you know, like I said a little earlier, back in June, finally had the courage and had the setup uh, with my business and financially to cut the cord from the corporate world and go all in on my business and travel. And so, you know, I ended up down here in South America for a few different reasons. Um, one, wanted to stay in this hemisphere for time zone purposes, um, to be able to be online during normal hours. Um, I work as a health and fitness coach online. So just want to be online to talk to my clients during normal hours. And then was deciding between um, Argentina, Colombia, Costa Rica were kind of my, my three final choices I was deciding between. And Argentina ended up being the winner just due to um, culture, landscapes, uh, difference between the cities like Buenos Aires and Patagonia and Mendoza where I'm at now which is all you know mountains and uh, all that good stuff um, and then cost of living as well uh, so just kind of a combination of things led me down here to Argentina and yeah I've been down here for almost five weeks or a little over five weeks now and I've uh, been loving it it's been a uh, quite quite a ride beautiful sounds like it was a long time coming you had this dream in your mind's eye back in, in 2017 what was the process like ramping up to this moment? Was it a gradual process or, or was there something that clicked that, that led to massive action at some point? How did, how did you get from there to here? 
I think it was a long time coming. Um, I never really imagined, to be honest, that I'd be here, um, though, at the same point. Like, as soon as I started my corporate job back in 2016, after I graduated from college, I pretty much initially or instantly tried to start making money online as well. Um, at the time, I started out just like flipping things on eBay and then, you know, did that for six months or so and then went into, you know, drop shipping and then went to Amazon FBA, then tried social media agency. So this was over the course of, you know, three, four years that I'm trying five or six different types of online businesses. Um, and then it really, you know, escalated in 2020. Um, during COVID, you know, we were all locked down and, you know, didn't have anything to do. And it was the first time in my life that like, I didn't have things to do on the weekend and, you know, really couldn't go anywhere. So, um, during 2020, I tried another like five things. I got into virtual reality for a little while. I tried to become a virtual, you know, world creator, essentially, uh, did an online course in that and then got super big into crypto for a while. Um, then got super big into just like venture capital and did like a three month course trying to break into the venture capital world. Um, and like I would make a little bit of progress in each of those and then would eventually just kind of, you know, just, you know, kind of skim out and just like lose enthusiasm about it. And then in October of 2020, um, I was really struggling. I was really struggling because I knew I didn't want to work my corporate job anymore, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and so I just kind of looked back and it was like, what is something that I've always cared about? What is something that like has always been there for me? And that's been health and fitness. Uh, I was an athlete my entire life growing up. I uh, went on to play football in college for a couple of years. And so I've always cared about it, uh, but I just never thought I'd be able to make a living doing it or a living that I wanted to make. Um, and so then in October, I found some, you know, just kind of stumbled into some people through Twitter that were doing well with it. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do it. And then from October to January this year, just kind of figured out what I wanted to do um, and how to make it work. And then January this year is when I really started the business of my online coaching and it took off from there. So, you know, it's been a long time coming, uh, like I said, but like even when I started that initial online businesses, I never really thought I'd be able to make a living off of it. Um, but then it really ramped up in 2020, uh, 2021, and then 2022 is when it, where it really uh, kicked off for me. Wow. Gradual process of trying many different areas to, to, earn, to earn your way out of the corporate life. And then it seems like you eventually settled into what you were passionate about all along yeah were you were you in a way chasing where you where you thought the you know the, the money would be where you thought the big paycheck would come from while sort of cultivating this this passion in health and fitness was there part of you saying like oh i should i should make try and make money on, on this passion or, or were you really just focused on sort of where the trends were where, where the business opportunities were like how did that how did that kind of play out over time? Do, I, I'm curious. I'm curious if, if you knew kind of all somewhere in the back of your head, was there a voice saying like this health and fitness new, new thing, this is what you're passionate about. This is what you should pursue um, while you were sort of chasing the, the money in a sense through these other opportunities. 
Um, no, I, to be honest, I really don't think I ever th thought about it um, in the sense of like that this is like something that I could do because again, like I didn't think there was enough money in it because really like for the majority of my life, I've always made a decision or that would maximize my financial opportunity. Um, so even going back to like college, I was a, you know, went in undeclared. I didn't know what my major was going to be and was deciding between either like exercise science, sports, fitness, health, or business. And I was like, oh, I can make more money in business. So I'm going to go business and finance. Um, and then, you know, even with these online businesses, like, yeah, it's always been like, you know, you see a bunch of people quote unquote killing it, doing drop shipping or Amazon FBA or whatever it is. And he's like, all right, they're making a bunch of money. So like, I want to make a bunch of money. Um, so I'm going to try that as well. And, you know, of course, funny enough that like all those things didn't work whenever I was chasing the money. And whenever I decided to go with what I have been passionate about, which what was under my nose the entire time, it has been the most, uh, you know, successful for me financially as well. Um, you know, I'm far from, you know, killing it. I'm not replacing my current salary or my old corporate salary or anything like that this time. But, you know, I've made far more online doing this than I have in any of those other opportunities. And so, you know, that is, you know, I think a good lesson just for, for everybody to remember, just like if you follow that passion and you have a skill there that like, you know what you're doing and can help other people do it, um, that's probably where you're going to be best at because you're going to work harder at it. Um, you're going to put in the hours that is needed to be successful because it's something that you actually care about rather than just the extra couple extra dollars that you could get in your bank account. And what did you know about health and fitness or learn about through growing up as an athlete and competing in football and in college? Started lifting probably, man, 16 uh, or so, our high school coach. Um, was pretty serious about, you know, going to the gym and working out. And um, so, like, I always had a good understanding of just weight room, uh, you know, muscle mechanics and stuff like that. Um, but never really got into big into the nutrition side until after college. Um, after I stopped playing football in my sophomore year um, of college, you know, still just very much party mode, party mode. And, you know, that led me to gaining some weight uh, at the end of college that, like, really, like, deterred me and actually led to some, like, body dysmorphia issues and stuff like that. Um, and even during that time, though, like, I was super big into, like, bodybuilding.com and stuff like that. I would read the forums and read all the articles and stuff on there. And so it was just a ton of self-education throughout the years. Um, and then the nutrition side came in towards the end of college because that's when I was like, you know, gotten heavy. I want to get lean. I want to get a six pack. Like once I have a six pack, I'll be happy. And like, that's what's going to like make me uh, feel fulfilled. And of course it didn't, but like, that's when I really dialed in and dive, dove into the nutrition aspect of it. Um, so uh, it's just been a culmination of just, you know, years of doing it myself. And then, you know, even throughout those years, I always, uh, helped friends and family with their nutrition and their workouts and stuff like that. And so it's just really, you know, this past 10 months now that I started to uh, make a business out of it, but it has something that's been a consistent in my life since 16, so almost 
14 years now. Awesome. What, what position did you play um, in football? Um, in college, I played safety. Uh, high school, played just about really any position at one point or another. And so, um, but yeah, college played safety. Nice. And then when you were, were going through that difficult time after you graduated and you're partying too much and packing on the pounds, what was, what was that like? Were you trying to fill something that you had lost when, when you left football? Um, and, and how did you kind of recover from that? It seemed like that was some sort of a, a low point in, in your journey. Um, maybe there were others, but how did, you, how did you face that? How did you overcome that? Yeah, no, that was a, a big time low point. Uh, really towards the end of college and the first few years out of college was definitely like my low point of my life at this, you know, up until this point for sure. Um, like you said, um, you know, a lot of my just self-identity and self-confidence came from being an athlete. Um, you know, I was always one of the better athletes growing up. And like, again, that's where I gained my confidence and everything from. And so when that, you know, was done, I really didn't know who I was. And I think all the excessive drinking that I did, you know, my senior year of college, I drank six nights out of the week. Um, I'll take about, you know, Monday off basically. But, and those six nights were like heavy drinking. Like I'm not talking a couple beers, I'm talking, you know, going until basically, you know, either the lights come on at the bar and it's closed or, you know, the lights go out in my head and I don't remember anything. And so it was a point where it was just, yeah, it felt like I was really just kind of running for myself and wouldn't face kind of the, the music of like asking who I am, what I care about, like what I want to do with my life. Um, and so that continued at the end of college, you know, again, I, like I said, I really got into the health and fitness at that point even deeper. Um, but I would still like partying a lot on the weekends, drinking, uh, very heavily, um, and, you know, this whole time led to a, you know, very unhealthy relationship with exercise and nutrition, um, would work out for like four hours a day, an hour and a half, um, before work, two hours, two and a half hours after work, um, wouldn't eat anything that, um, that I deemed unhealthy, that didn't fit my macros. Uh, would lie to like my friends and family about like what I was doing so I didn't have to go out to eat with them um, just because it gave me so much anxiety about not being able to track and know exactly what I was eating um, and then eventually that all crashed because and then and like again I just think that extreme with fitness was just again failing to confront my emotional issues of like still not understanding who I was still not understanding like what I cared about and like having the confidence and courage to like ask those questions of myself and then go out and live that. Um, and so eventually that'll, you know, that extreme diet and extreme exercise um, was unsustainable and it snapped and that led to a eating, you know, eating disorder, I guess, if you want to call it, where I would, you know, binge 5,000, 6,000 calories in a sitting um, and then restrict fast for 24, 48 hours to punish myself, not for the good reasons that we fast now, but to do it as a, as a punishment, punishment. Um, and so it was, yeah, like I said, man, it was a course of a couple of years where I was just really 
refusing to ask myself the tough questions of like what I cared about and who I was and I ran for myself in all these different ways whether it was alcohol whether it was exercise whether it was food um, just to try and numb the pain and give me something you know something I didn't have to think about um, rather than confront those those feelings and those questions um, then was eventually able to get out of it again in 2020 it's kind of like 2020 is like the year that like changed my life forever like I know COVID was terrible for a lot of people, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, it forced me to stop going out all weekend and partying nonstop. It forced me to uh, just really sit there and finally ask myself those hard questions and then figure out how to answer them. And it's, been, like I said, been a journey of just self-discovery, self-improvement ever since then. But 2020 COVID was the best thing that, that really has happened to me. Wow. That's a deep story and profound profound that something like a worldwide pandemic lockdown can have a you know a positive effect on on the people who take the right mindset to it um i remember when that thing went down it was i i don't know how much we want to talk about that i, I prefer not talking about it just because it's it was such a, a mind fuck really mm -hmm. but at the beginning, it was, it seemed like it was going to be like the bubonic plague, like the world was ending. And then as, as time went on, we realized like we'd meet people who had it. They would, they would all be pretty much fine, at least in my experience. And then just the world was, was kind of shaping around me, especially being here in L.A. Everyone was still freaking out, despite the fact that I, I didn't know anyone who got seriously sick from it. Um, and it was it was a real opportunity for a lot of us to reconsider the way that we were living our lives and how we wanted to, sh to shift and, and change that. It was almost like, for me at least, I was kind of catalyzed, kind of confronted with like my mortality in a sense because there was there was really a week to two week to even a month long period where we all thought, well, we might die. Like mm -hmm. this, <laughs> there's like a real chance that this is gonna kill all of us. Like, and 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 it really was a good chance to like sit there with nothing else to do and then kind of confront the fact that you might die. And it was like, it was really uh, pretty awakening, you know, it, as long as you didn't freak out too hard and you really sat with it for what it was, it was really a uh, pretty strong catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's really two, you know, groups of people um, that came out of the, the, you know, the whole COVID thing. Um, there was people who took that time and to really sit down and reflect and, think about their lives and made a lot of positive changes um, and like came out on the other end a different person a better person um, and then there's people who just got completely engulfed in the uh, hysteria of it all and it just overtook them in the bad way and um, you know they stopped kind of caring about themselves and kind of let themselves go I know there was some kind of like crazy stat that like the average weight gain was like 30 pounds or something over the um, 18 month, you know, crazy severe period or whatever. Um, and so there was really, yeah, two ways people could have gone. And I think there's a lot of people like myself that used it as a time to reflect, think about their lives, think about like if they're happy and like, I think at the end of the day, that was like the question I just came, kept coming back to. 
because um, like on the outside it looked like you know I should have been happy like I had a good job um, pays well has some good benefits uh, you know have good friends that like were there to support me and like um, have good relationship with my family and like and again so it's like why wasn't I happy but I wasn't and so like it really like had to like dive deep into figuring out why and um that time to sit with no other option but to just sit down and think about yourself in you know the house because I, there, I think there was like a, you know I was in Philly for the time which we were pretty locked down and I think there was a time for like three months where I don't think I left the house other than to like go to the grocery store it was crazy and so like everybody had that opportunity to change their lives for the better or you know, either kind of stay flat or even go worse, get worse. Um, and so, you know, I credit all the people that, that use that time to, to improve and kind of take the next step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and a, an idea hit me while you were, while you were talking and it seemed like maybe your life was lacking uh, some sort of meaning or purpose. And is that in the in the right sort of vein? Were you just lacking that that you know, reason to wake up in the morning? And um, how how did you go about finding that, or how did that emerge in your life as you sat there and thought about why you weren't why you weren't happy? Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're spot on. It was definitely just lack of uh, purpose, lack of meaning, doing anything that I was truly passionate about. Um, you know, I worked in the automotive industry. I worked for Volkswagen. It's like, again, looks like a decent job from the outside. And like on paper, it is a good job, but it's like, I could care less about cars. And it's like, I don't want to necessarily help or, you know, see or could care less about selling another car or whatever. And so it's like, I'm doing something that doesn't fulfill me. Um, and it's just like bringing no meaning to my life. Um, and I think that, you know, people can find meaning outside of work as well. Um, like even if you don't have a quote unquote meaningful job or job that drives purpose, uh, you can find it elsewhere. But I also didn't have it elsewhere. Um, I was very um, shallow in a lot of my relationships at that time in my life as well. And the fact that just like, had a terrible fear of rejection um, from others in the sense that like I didn't open up to anybody about all these issues that I was having that I just talked about like I didn't tell anybody about any of those because I thought that it made me look weak I thought that it made me look just like ungrateful honestly as well just for like the situation that I'm in because uh, again like it looked like from the outside that I was doing well um, so the lack of purpose and just fear that was engulfing me, um, were two things that were driving me to be unhappy. And so, um, a big part of just answering that question of how to find purpose and how to find meaning, um, for me was meditation. Meditation was actually like a huge, uh, benefit for me. And that's where I first started it during COVID, uh, lockdowns and like, Again, it was the first time I've ever just like sat alone 
for myself with no like music or podcasts is I'm because I'm would be the type of person where I'm always plugged in. I have a podcast playing or music playing. I was never just allowed me to be alone with my own thoughts. Um, so using that as a tool really just helped uh, catalyze internal dialogue with myself. Um, and then, you know, as I already talked about, it was just really like a process of like trying new things, what felt right. You know, I, my personal opinion is like, if you want to try and find, you know, purpose and meaning uh, in work, it's something that you can't think, you can't like think like, oh, this is gonna like make me feel uh, that I have purpose. You know, it's all about feel. Um, it's, you have to go out and try it and see like, are you, you know, like, does it excite you to wake up and go do? Does it like give you energy? Um, you can't just, you know, decide and, you know, write out a list and be like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm passionate about and this is going to drive, you know, give me purpose. Um, and so it was just that kind of process of elimination. And, you know, again, it was right under my, my uh, nose the whole time in health and fitness. And then also just like, you know, the, you know, while that's something that I've loved, the, you know, kind of the purpose and meaning of it is like helping other people. Um, achieve their health and fitness goals because I you know with my own story and the struggles that I've had um, I know just how deteriorating and debilitating you know health and fitness and nutrition can be when you feel like you have no control over what you eat when you feel like you're doing all the right things but you're not seeing results um, and so helping people kind of and I also know just the obviously the abundance of just bad information out there that is splattered across the internet and so like trying to siphon through it all of like what actually works and what's uh what's bullshit can be extremely difficult and so helping other people is like the even obviously the bigger catalyst of like how i find purpose in you know health and fitness you know everybody can you know i could just do it for myself of course but like to, to like find meaning in it is helping other people through it. Beautiful. Wow. That's while you were talking through that, it, it made me even think that back when you were playing football as a, as a safety, that's really one of the more meaningful positions on the football field because you're the last line of defense in a lot of ways. You're sort of the team is relying on you to, to you know, make these meaningful plays to, to save you know, touchdowns from going through. And then when you left the field, your aggressive energy and, and your competitive energy was kind of turned towards drinking and, and, and alcohol and trying to outdrink everybody and, and outdrink <laughs> yourself and just like get get to a place where you're just no one else was and I know I've I've been there and a lot of us have where that becomes like a goal an objective is to just drink the most and, yeah. and have the best time and um, it can be so self-destructive and now that you are on a new path the powerful path of, of helping others to heal and and to get to a place where the same kind of place that you're getting to have you had a a memorable meaningful um i know you've probably got a lot but is there one that you'd like to share where you were able to help someone turn their health around um and and teach them a, a proper way to to get healthy and get well yeah certainly and i would just like to i think because you brought up a good point circle back to one thing you just said of just like going back to my sports days is like you know, with the being safety, then I also played basketball, and, like, basketball was my favorite sport growing up, um, and it's, like, 
my love that was my love at the time and so like and I was the point guard on the team so like I didn't care if I scored zero points the whole game as long as one that we won and like two like I love assists like seeing other people succeed was always like gave me the most enjoyment um so like this type of you know being able this type of job of being able to help other people succeed you know very much relates back to to the sports days um so you were spot on there um but yeah you know the one person that uh i will talk about you know i love all my clients uh, but i do love this one just a little bit more than the rest uh which is my mom um you know for as long as i can remember uh she's always struggled with her weight um she was a always been a yo-yo dieter uh she would lose a bunch of weight and then gain it back and she was always very active uh you know as i was growing up as well like whenever i was young uh she would play uh, she played in like a mom's league soccer um and then like whenever i was in high school and college she did some couple half marathons and stuff like that um so she's always been like a badass and like being athletic and being active but it was just like she could never get that weight totally under control you know and she did the weight watchers and uh you know a bunch of other diets and you know the crash dieting and stuff like that and you know so it was about three years ago now when she was uh 59 or so she again decided you know she was um you know back heavy again um and she was like all right i'm gonna start working on this again and she started going to orange theory on her own and like you know i don't want to take all the credit she did a bunch of it on her own she started going to orange theory started out you know was doing it great doing like two days a week then did three days a week um and just like slowly kept ramping up and you know she was dieting on but she was dieting on like the you know the typical 1200 calories um that most most people and most women go on and you know she had that great initial weight drop um but then you know she plateaued as most people do at that kind of calories and so over the past you know year and a half now we've you know boosted her metabolism back up um she's losing weight um at like 1800 calories uh she's lifting three days a week now she like can squat like 100 pounds um she's doing bench and deadlifts and like doing like just badass stuff it's incredible to see and like seeing from where she was three years ago and just her energy that she has now like you know every time i go home you know we go to an orange theory class together or we go hiking or you know we do something active together and um you know to see her to be able to do that at age i think she's 62 now um sorry mom forgive not your age but um you know at that age just you know super active um you know she has two my sister has two kids so she's able to run around and play with her grandkids and stuff like that so that has by far been my favorite uh person that i've helped so far um absolutely that is awesome that's an awesome story yeah it's been it's it's great and um like i said just like the visible energy um that she has and like you know back in memorial day like we did murph together um and so like she's just an absolute savage and it's so cool to see because you know as we all know just like so many people at that age you know she's retired now so it's just like so many people there just kind of 
sail off into the sunset and like say why focus on my health at this point and you know she really you know like I said three years ago really started and just did it in a way that is sustainable and that she enjoyed and has really just you know now taken it to the next level and is just absolutely crushing it so couldn't be more proud of her it's awesome it's, it's so cool and while you were kind of describing how most people sail off into the sunset I'm thinking about how a lot of our perceptions about old age and, and how, how folks get old is maybe formed around some bad ideas, like how a lot of our grandparents um, were eating a lot of more industrial convenience foods. And that I think as, as we both know that those can have some unfortunate effects on, on the body as it ages, on the body and mind. And I, I think a lot of people in, in our parents' generations, people in their 50s, 60s, maybe even 40s, are looking at, you know, their parents, people in the 80s and in the 90s, and saying, "Oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get old. I don't want to age. You know, I want to avoid some of these degener- um, degenerative diseases." And um, my thought is that a lot of that is caused by, by the food that they were they're eating throughout the the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know. Mm-hmm a lot of things that were marketed as, as heart healthy or, or low cholesterol. And I think we, we both agree that, that these aren't the healthiest foods that folks can be eating and, and they can actually have detrimental effects on health. And I'm curious what your take is in, uh, on food, nutrition, aging. How do, you, how do you approach this topic with your clients? What, what kind of foods do you recommend that they focus on on consuming for good health? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Like- a lot of the issues that we are seeing uh, or have seen with you know increased uh, neurodegenerative disease, increased uh, diabetes, increased heart disease is a direct cause from the diet that we have been eating. Um, you know, I was actually just reading through the uh, Ansel Keys story the other day of you know how he. Uh, is Ansel Keys was a physiologist who uh, is basically the reason that saturated fats were demonized uh, in the 50s and 60s. And it was all based off just bogus data. Um, and, you know, it turned out that some other scientists were paid by the National Sugar, Sugar Association to say that saturated fat was, a, uh, was the cause of heart disease rather than sugar in the New England Journal of Medicine. And, you know, once you start to really realize just like, I hate to say it, but just like how corrupt the food system really is, um, you begin to understand that, you know, the foods that are marketed to you as healthy are really not, uh, you know, if you're, if you're seeing it on a TV commercial or on a billboard um, being marketed to you as a healthy option, or if it's in an aisle, you know, basically as a, of a grocery store, marketed to you as low-fat, gluten-free, diet, you know, low-cholesterol, uh, heart-healthy, like, it's that, you know, it's that way because they have taken something natural out of it. Um, and so, you know, really kind of like my basic nutrition, like, guideline is, like, if the food wasn't around 75, 100 years ago, just don't eat it. You, know, you probably shouldn't eat it. You know, just like if it comes in a box or a bag, you know, typical, like probably shouldn't eat it. Um, all foods that like 
fuel you properly and provide you sustenance and make you feel good are one ingredients, maybe two, maybe three. Um, you know, I don't think anyone can say they eat a you know, bag of chips or whatever from a box or a bag and like feel good afterwards. Like you have like that initial like, yeah, it tastes good, but like, I guess, but like after the initial dopamine wears off, you're lower energy, you're dragging, you're lethargic. And so um, again, yeah, just like what I try and tell my clients and you know, what I preach is just like, let's get back to the basics. Um, you know, really the meat, fruits, veggies, potatoes, rice, honey, like if like you eat just that, like you will be healthier and feel better and look better than 99% of the people out there. And, you know, I do preach, you know, some moderation that I like, cause doing that a hundred percent of the time is hard for especially people uh, trying to like, just trying to change. And so like, if they need to have some of the quote unquote unhealthy stuff every now and then just to keep them sane, sure, let's, let's, we can work that in, but you know, 80, 90% of your diet should be these just staples of foods that have been around for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. These, these foods, I, I love looking at them more as like drugs. Um, mm. You know, we all, almost all of us enjoy drugs to some degree, whether it's coffee, alcohol, nicotine, you know, those, those are the legal ones. And then you've got things like, you know, sugar is a drug. To me, it's a white powder and there, there's really no nutrient value and it's highly addictive. And that sounds a lot more like drug than it does like a piece of steak or broccoli. It's, and it's in a lot of the packaged foods that you mentioned in the middle of the aisle that you see advertised. And the reason why is because it, it hooks people through the dopamine system. Like, like you mentioned, it gets repeat customers and, and, it, and it gets these same customers to eat more. And it's, I'd say, a primary reason why so many folks, you know, the average weight gain was something like 30 pounds during the pandemic, like you said, and that, that's an acceleration of a multi-decade trend as our waistlines have gotten more and more rotund. As, as Americans, something like 100 to 200 million Americans are struggling from obesity. And, that, and that's, a, that's a real exaggerated version of what we're talking about where folks are, are gaining weight obesity is a really extreme version of that uh, i believe we should live in a world where, where no one no one ought to be suffering from that condition it, it's completely inflicted by our food system and the advertising around that i'm sure some people may choose to live that life but uh, hard to believe that anyone would um, really want to carry around an extra few hundred pounds if they didn't have to and the simplicity of eating a more wholesome diet, a more ancestral diet, does so much more than change the shape of our bodies. And it, for me, my journey was a lot about overcoming depression and having real whole food was such an important aspect of restoring my mind to a place where I'm able to think clearly and, and optimistically. And I imagine you had a similar, similar journey getting away from alcoholism. Um, at the start of the pandemic, how did you actually put that into, into play? Were there certain meals that you were cooking on a regular basis? Did you engage with some sort of batch cooking or um, did you 
kind of an experiment with a lot of different recipes or how did that how'd you go about that no so i'm i'm like the laziest cook ever so like if it takes longer than 15 minutes i'm probably not cooking it and so like that i really just stuck to you know the super simple basics like breakfast steak and eggs lunch chicken and some veggies um some greek yogurt with some fruit and honey in there uh for a snack dinner probably some more steak and vegetables and again another piece of fruit in there somewhere throughout the day um as well um and so yeah in the kitchen i keep it super simple um just because you know i know i'm gonna eat this in five minutes so i don't want to take an hour to cook something and so uh it is uh it's always been like super simple basics for me and and i couldn't agree more that it changes the way you think i think so many people are depressed and anxious and just feel exhausted and tired all the time is because of the food that they eat and if they switch to a more natural diet whole foods that you know really the physical benefits of it is outweighed by the mental benefits of it you know most people don't want to exercise don't want to get up and be active and go outside on a Saturday afternoon because they're tired because they're depressed because they're anxious and you know if you can just get to the point where you know you start feeling just a little bit better um, that really starts to you know just snowball into better actions and uh, better habits left and right but but um, it's hard to get there because people have been eating this just junk food for so long that they're just trapped in this vicious cycle of they feel like crap so they don't want to do anything and so um, they're and then they're depressed and which makes them eat more crap and it's just a vicious cycle down and so breaking that cycle um, breaking that just death loop is super difficult and like I know that people struggle with it and like I'm not saying that it's easy but man is it worth it you know those first couple weeks of just struggling and trying to figure out what works for you and figuring out what foods make you feel best and like satisfy you and just make you want to do more healthy things is again just so worth it in the long run if you can get over that initial hump. Well said. Well said. And I, I couldn't agree more. And now that you've been riding this wave of higher vitality, you've been able to build a completely different life for yourself. How is it now that you're out in Argentina? What, what's it like out there? What, what have you been getting up to? If you were told me a year ago, two years ago, especially like, definitely like three years ago that this would be my life, I would have wouldn't have believed you when I told you you're crazy, uh, you're lying. Um, but it really goes to show just like the power of building healthy habits and just like trying things. Um, and like if you just continue to like do things and like don't quit, like you can really do anything. Um, and so, yeah, Argentina has been great. Like I said, I've been here for five weeks, uh, eating a lot of steak down here. Their uh, steak is fantastic. Um, and also, you know, I don't know if you know anything about the economic situation down here. Um, essentially, their government has ruined their economy for, or their currency over the past, you know, 20 years or so. So it is super cheap. So you can go out to a nice steakhouse and get a 
steak for like 12 bucks um american so a lot of steak um just you know whenever i was in buenos aires just walking around the city a lot i don't know if you saw but this past weekend i did a hundred thousand steps um so it was just under 50 miles and during the day i woke up at 4 30 and walked for 15 straight hours throughout the city um and so just a lot of exploration um you know i don't speak much spanish so uh trying to communicate with people has been a little difficult but the people that i have been able to communicate with have all been super friendly um and just like been very helpful for anything that i've tried to uh to communicate that i need help with and so um you know whenever i travel or my goal of traveling is always to like just get really you know engrossed in the culture in you know the actual kind of day-to-day -day life of like what it is like to live here you know you know i'll check out the sites of course that you know most tourists do but then i'll also try to do a bunch of stuff that and go places that most tourists won't go um and then because for me that's like you really see like what it's actually like you know here and you can get a better understanding of uh culture and values and just like what people care about um and so yeah that's kind of what brought me out here to mendoza now just like again it's just a different city that most i would say most tourists don't really go to for the most part um and out here gonna be climbing some mountains um again just walking around the city a lot um trying to meet as many people as possible and just trying to get a better understanding of what people do around here and and um what really makes them tick what sort of differences have you observed between Argentina and America? Yeah, so I would say the biggest one is really, um, and I'm sure this is everywhere, just like, man, in America, all we care about is America. Um, you know, like, every, like everybody I've talked to here in Argentina not only knows, like, the current state of America, but, like, the history of it as well. Um, and, like, how many people in America know, like, the history of Argentina? Probably very few. Um, and also just like a lot of people that I have met here is like, they speak two, three different, four different languages. No, like, I don't know anybody who speaks a different language in America. Um, and so it's like, I think, you know, from Argen from here in Argentina, it seems like, you know, it is a much more worldwide view. Um, Cause even like in the city in, in Buenos Aires, every Saturday, they have like a big parade celebrating one specific country. Um, and it's just like a big cultural event. Um, and again, it's like nothing I've really uh, ever experienced. And I lived in um, you know, Philly for the past four years and lived outside of New York City for a year and a half. Um, and, but just like seeing like just constant variation of different cultures and trying to celebrate that. Um, is something extremely different from anything I experienced in the U.S. as well. Um, then the final thing I would say is just like, man, like uh, I think I tweeted about this the other day. Is just like in America we have such this grandiose view of like what happiness is and like what you need to be happy. Um, and you know, Buenos Aires is a very nice city, um, and it's not like you know third world or anything like that, but like. People all live very modestly there. Um, like I said, their economy has been ruined by their government for the past 
15 years or currency, so their money is getting devalued every single day, essentially. But everyone there is happy for the most that I've talked to. Like, yeah, they have their own happy moments, but like, you know, they're outside, um, you know, kicking the soccer ball around or they're out at sitting at the park drinking uh, some tea or whatever. And just like everybody's joyful um, and people are much more willing to conversate with one another. Where in, you know, America, I feel like everybody's just kind of head down, do your own thing and like, don't bother me. So it's a much more communal aspect as well. Yeah, what do you what do you think it is about America where we've all become so like isolated and it seems like everyone's somehow focused on on and unhappy? You know, like where 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 do we lose track of? you know, the simple things in life and just being able to just go out and enjoy, enjoy life for what it is instead of, you know, be, getting distracted by, by, by so much that doesn't serve us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say it, it has to stem from just like, you know, one, like our values, um, as a, as a country, you know, and what our values have always been, or at least as of late has been like, the bigger house, the better car, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, um, you know, if, you know, my neighbor has uh, a BMW, I live in the same neighborhood. I live, I, I should have a BMW. Even if you can't afford it, I'm going to go get it. Um, and then you're just, you know, driven into debt. And then, like, you don't have the time or stress-free environment where you can just go out and enjoy the the day like you're thinking about like oh man i have a 500 $800,000 car payment i have a two thousand dollar mortgage that i need to pay for like i think just the idea of needing more things that drives people in deeper debt and like spending money on things that you don't actually need this is the main reason that most people are unhappy because they just put themselves in this hole that they just need to focus on digging themselves out of uh, rather than living modestly, understanding that like that car or that bigger house or that watch or whatever isn't going to make you happier after that initial dopamine rush of buying it and like having it for the first two minutes. And so I think the modesty of how they live and like the they since they don't have much um the that leads to just a general happier community happier country in the sense where you know they understand that like again those important values of family community uh relationships health um and rather than focus on you know just the one big thing that we tend to focus on in america is you know the wealth aspect of it yeah, the abundance seemed to be a false dream in some ways where we had worked so hard and fought so hard, our ancestors did, to give us a life of luxury and abundance. And it seems like we're, we're in some ways drowning in it, yeah. um, or at least suffering and struggling to, get our, to, make, to make sense of it. Um, it's difficult because certainly we're not genetically 
genetically designed or adapted to living in such an abundant food environment or, or entertainment environment. There's just so much around us for that easy dopamine. And I love the vision that you've, that you've described of, of Argentina, of people just out having a good time with, with, their, with their neighbors and, and with their community. Do you have any specific stories or memories that, that you'd like to share of, of something that you experienced while, while you were down there? Yeah, so I uh, so I'm in my old apartment uh, when I was in uh, Buenos Aires. It was right across the street from uh, a park. It's a little, you know, two block by two block park. So it's like a decent sized park. But you know, literally any day or any hour of the day, you go out there, and there's people just sitting out, having tea, uh, having coffee reading, doing whatever themselves, you know, doing whatever. Um, then there's also, you know, uh, some volleyball courts there, some weight, weight or gym equipment, pull-up bars, stuff like that. Um, and I was walking home one day at like 2 a.m. And there's still, like, the, the park's still packed. And, like, they're, like... Life in Argent in Buenos Aires at least is like they're a they're a late late uh city where like they consider seven in the afternoon they think seven p m is the afternoon and so like two p m is uh or two a m is like not too late there but um but yeah two a m there was just you know huge i was walking home and there was this huge um you know gathering at the volleyball court area um and as i was walking up trying to figure out what it was there was this um you know from what i was able to gather uh it was a big birthday party for this older lady um you know in her mid 80s or something like that and there was probably 150 200 people there like it was a lot and like was able to, you know, briefly stop and talk to somebody. And like, again, I don't speak much Spanish, so I was able to just get like a little bit about it. And they said it was this lady who's lived in, you know, the apartment, one apartment across the street um, for like 50 years. And, you know, so it was everybody from that apartment out at like, again, 2 a.m. just celebrating this, this lady who's lived there um, for, for a long time. And, and then, yeah, just like stuff like that, that you're thinking like, man, would that happen in the U.S.? That, you know, 150 neighbors, uh, quote unquote, would come out and stay out till, you know, 2 a.m. to celebrate uh, somebody else that like isn't their relative or anything like that. And so that was, I think, a great, great, um, just, event or something that I saw that really kind of describes and uh, shows what what they care about there. That il illustrates it really well because I don't think anywhere in the U.S. that would happen. Nothing even, <laughs> nothing even close. I'd be surprised if you'd even find like a dozen neighbors who like knew each other's yeah. names, especially, I don't know, like here, there's like nobody knows each other. It's, we all just pass by as if, you know, there's this idea of this like, NPC meme, you know, this idea that, you know, 
other people are non-player characters, which is like this video game term term for like not an, an active like uh, not someone with you know full consciousness or awareness. And it's, it's pretty. Di- I think it's it's pretty disturbing that this idea is like getting tossed mm-hmm. around because it's in one sense it's saying that these other people like aren't real or that they're zombies but there's the reason why that idea is spreading so much is because there's some truth to it like we are wandering around like zombies not really you know taking full conscious awareness to the lives that we're living connecting with the other people around us not thinking for ourselves and, and engaging with community and it's it's tough because i don't it's not some it's it's tough it's a tough nut to crack because there, there's so much value there in being able to go out and be with with the people around you but it, it takes two to tango yeah you know? yeah absolutely and uh yeah like you said like you know unfortunately there's some truth in pretty much all memes and so like that is a a real thing of the the idea of the npc um because yeah there are just so many people that just walk around lifeless unfortunately and just kind of go with the flow of life they get into their routines and you know even if they don't like it that you know they wake up roll out of bed go to work come home and watch some netflix and go to bed and do that throughout the week then maybe you do a couple other things on the weekend but um trying to cultivate that sense of community and you know bring people together and re- not even rely on people but just be there for other people and show them and that you know there is more to life than just going through that normal kind of zombie like mode is super important and i think something that we can all all do better is cultivate the relationships with people around us and um either in our direct community or even even people online as well it's really true it's something i've gotten a lot of value in since lockdown started my my big push was to connect with other like-minded people and um, you're one of the people that i'm really glad that i connected with we had a conversation before you flew down there about gym free fitness and, and how to stay fit without a gym how's that been how's that been going for you yeah yeah it's been going great i, I love that conversation I've been using it uh, a lot of the tips you're you're telling me about and so um it's been definitely a a new style of training for me um, like i said on the call like I've been in the gym since I was 16, essentially. So, and like, I was probably not more than a two week period that I've ever gone without being at a gym. Um, and so it's been a change of pace, but it's been fun. Like, like we talked about on the call, just like figuring out something that you can get better at. And so, you know, I've been working on the handstands. That's been uh, my thing that I've been working on to just like constantly, you know, think about getting better at, you know, because like in the gym, you can focus on, you know, getting your heavier squat, your heavier bench, whatever. You can have some like actual goals and where like, you know, with your body weight, um, you you can't, you know, you can do small things like, you know, see how many air squats you can do in a minute or something like that. But um, having a, a goal that's actually like, you know, more enjoyable than just, you know, burning out air squats or whatever um, has been fun. And so, um, definitely a style of training that I'm going to continue to, to implement, you know, even when I get back to the States, um, just cause, you know, my goal you know, with my training and with my health and life really is just like to be as, you know, back to my sports days, as athletic as possible, uh, just to be able to be in control of my body, 
um, be strong, be fit, be able to run, uh, be, be able to lift heavy things, um, kind of just be that jack of all trades. And so, you know, a body weight calisthenic type of training really, really leads to that. Awesome. And I know you're going to be heading out to climb a lot of mountains out here in Argentina as well. You've got some, some big, beautiful mountain ranges to go enjoy. And as we wrap up the, our conversation, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. And I'm, I'm curious, as you look out to those physical mountains that you're going to go enjoy climbing, what sort of medical, uh, metaphysical mountains or uh, metaphorical mountains do you see in front of you as, as you look to engage more with meaning and passion and, and helping others get fit and healthy? I know you've got a large following on, on social media. Are you looking to do more of that or do you have other plans in mind? And, and what would you like to, to say, share or, or direct folks in as, as, you, as you look forward and, and um, have this, this new sense of, of purpose, meaning and, and, and accomplishment to, to give and, and to share? What, what would you like to say to, to anybody listening? Yeah, so for, you know, just kind of my, my own personal mountains that I'm, that I'm trying to climb is really just, you know, continue to grow my business. You know, like I said, that is kind of my, my main thing right now. Um, you know, I've done pretty well on the social media front and, you know, I do love social media and the aspect of like being able to connect with people, um, like yourself and, but then also just, again, try and give good information out because, you know, there is a, a sea of bullshit that people need to try and sift through. And so just getting comments back from, you know, people saying like, oh, this, video or this really helped me uh, or just brought some clarity to um, something I was trying to figure out has been been amazing um, and then also just like kind of in my personal life just as I think most of us are just trying to get get better um, you know understand myself more um, come to peace with things that I can't um, you know I don't have control over um, continue to get healthier, work on my fitness. Um, so just continued growth and really all aspects of life. Um, and you know, whether that's in a different country like this, or once I get back to, to America, just continue to cultivate community. Cause I think community is such a huge aspect of like one, just a healthy life. Um, and I actually like that was, that's been kind of proven that like social connection and relationship is one of the key drivers to a happy and healthy life. So that's something that I always try to focus on. Um, and like I said, either grow that in my uh, nearby local community or online. Um, and then just like a final word of advice for, for anybody listening or just something that I'd like to share is just like, man, don't give up it's never too late to change. You know, I'm personally 30. So some people think that's young. Some people think that's old. Uh, I personally thought it was old when I was thinking about making this change. You know, I was in the corporate world for six years. I could have easily just continued to climb the corporate ladder. Um, but if you're not happy, if you're not waking up every day excited about your life and like the things that you are doing, start trying to change it. And it might take a year, it might take five years. Again, I, it took me about four years, five years to get to the point where I am now from when I initially started. But if you don't quit, 
if you just continue clawing, trying to figure it out, eventually one thing that you try will stick and it will just feel so right that you're like, man, this is it. This is what I'm going to go all in on. And once you fully go all in on it, that's when you will be rewarded for that belief in yourself, for just that belief that the universe is conspiring to help you and for everybody else to just kind of jump on and help push you along the way. And so do not give up. Continue to fight and figure out what it is that you can wake up and do every day and then go out and make it happen.